Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with a special guest today. He's been in and around the league as a player and coach for a long time. He was a player with the Bucks from the 99-2000 season through to the end of 2001-2002. And now uh, he's on the sidelines as a coach under Mike Budenholzer. It is, of course, Darwin Ham. Darwin, thanks for taking the time to come on. Oh, thanks for having me. So I'm curious right off the top, before we get into some of the current day Bucks stuff and, and also uh, take a look back at your career, what does life look like as an assistant coach right now? Because uh, I know even last week there was the uh, telephone conference that uh, some of the, the Bucks players came on, Lopez, Milton, uh, Bledsoe and Giannis as well. And Lopez made the joke that he thinks Bud might be down in the basement, uh, have a little uh, film dungeon with a glass of wine, constantly watching film. Of, <laughs> of the Bucks and other teams. What are you doing from a basketball perspective these days? Well, mostly, you know, the focus has been, you know, in light of the pandemic, the focus has basically been on just keeping everybody healthy and safe as possible. Um, trying to stay isolated, you know, leaving the house only when necessary. Um, it's, it's, been, it's been a good thing, man, in terms of uh, just just – reconnecting bonding with my wife and my boys uh it, it's been great and in terms of basketball you know we catch some of the old bucks games on the fox uh <laughs> with our fox affiliate and also some games on nba tv and you know I, right when it first happened obviously i was looking at certain games seeing what, way, what ways we can get better at certain things but uh overall man it's just you know, back basketball is kind of taking the back seat in terms of just dealing with this this whole coronavirus pandemic, and again, just making sure my family, everybody is safe. You know, my mom tested positive for it, so that was a thing where I'm on the phone with the doctors every day, and with my brother and my sister, who's in Michigan. She's actually in Saginaw, Michigan, and so just uh, dealing with that made it very real for me. Um, but for the most part, you know, we, we, it's, it's a weird time to be not doing anything, but <laughs> again, you know, it, it's, uh, the overall health of, of our planet and us specifically, everyone in our community, you know, we have to, you know, keep our priorities in order and, and, and follow suit with what's the best course of action to, to keep everyone healthy. Yeah. I know just before we started recording, you mentioned, you know, about your mom. And I think that this is a scary thing for everyone with your, your family and, and people you love that, that whether they're going to be able to get the care they can get. Um, as I sort of mentioned to you, I, I'm obviously glad that your mom was able to, to get that care and, and is now back at home. But um, I, I guess, you know, we had George Carl on the podcast yesterday and it was funny because, you know, obviously that, that 2001 season in particular, um, was a very memorable one for the Bucks, and and for you in particular, you played a, a really interesting role in, in the game seven. And with Scott Williams being suspended, 
you didn't have a huge role in that series before that point, and you're starting in Game 7. I was just curious when you knew that you were going to start, uh, what that feeling was of being thrown into to that situation for that uh, do-or-die game, and, and any recollections you have of, of those, that maybe the day before and then going through the game. Well, if I remember correctly, George was trying to decide between myself and Jason Caffey, uh, and I believe he told he he told us the day of the day of the game uh, at that shoot around, and you know that's that's playoff basketball. You know, there's just some like a series before that against Charlotte. You know, I, I started out starting in that series, yeah. and, and you know had to guard Jamal Mashburn and kind of finish off that pre that first round series against Tracy McGrady and Orlando Magic and but that's playoff basketball. You know, you have matchups where certain players are gonna match up better um with with the opposing team. And so that once I got that nod, you know, I just went out there and tried to do the best I could and I completely sucked. I got into early foul trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it was uh it was just one of those things, you know, that you just go out there and try to put your best foot forward and you know, it was uh, – we had a hell of a team that year, and it's unfortunate we didn't make it to the finals. But, you know, losing to Allen Iverson and that Philadelphia team who not only had Allen Iverson as the MVP, they had Aaron McKee as the sixth man of the year. Kimbe Mutombo was uh, the defensive player of the year that year. And the coach who I ended up playing for winning the championship with in Detroit, Larry Brown, he won coach of the year that year. So they had become kind of the – and they were a blue, very blue-collar team. And, you know, Allison, Allen Iverson basically took a, a majority of those shots. <laughs> so the team was kind of built around him. But, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a tough series, and it was unfortunate uh, that Scott was suspended And because uh, I was looking forward to getting the opportunity to play against the Lakers and God rest them, uh, to have an opportunity to guard Kobe and, and, yeah. and, and put our best foot forward. But we never got the opportunity. But still – you know, I have fond memories of that team. And, you know, I thought, you know, we did all that you can do to put yourself in position to win a championship. So one of the legacies from that team for you is, of, of course, the Hammer play. And I've heard you speak about this before. And uh, essentially, this was a play that George Carl drew up for you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been widely used around the league ever since to this day, where you would get the ball, uh, get a post touch, and then make a move baseline whether that's a spin, uh, and then find the shooter sliding into the to the far corner, which you know so often on that team was was Ray Allen. Uh, yeah. I, I I have a question because I've heard you say that people uh, question whether this was your play because it's a hammer play, not the hand play. So why is it not the hand play? First of all, and secondly, <laughs> when you see when you see teams use this play against you now uh, against the Bucks, are you just like, come on, man? I mean, this is my play. You can't use that against me. That's, that that shouldn't be allowed. Well, people they they've come up with some creative ways to get that action, you know, executed, you know, with, with me, it was like a, a mid post up, you know, if you're facing the baskets on the right block and uh, like you say, it would either be a spin move or a quick rip through. And there was times where I didn't pass it. I had a layup or a dunk and I actually dunked the ball or whatever. But for the most part, um, it was just uh, one of those things that George, you know, very creative uh, coach and drew it up and, something that became not only a staple for our team, but a staple for the league. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I just crack a little smile. And, you know, Terry <laughs> Stotts was on that staff. So we would play Portland, and he'd run the hammer action and kind of look down look down to the opposite end at me and kind of wink at me or whatever. But <laughs> it, it's uh, it's great, man, to be known for something. And, uh, 
you know, it, it's the key part. You know, it was I, I tell people it was my play because I was one of the very few people that could make actually make that pass. Because there were times I actually jumped out of bounds in order to make that pass under the basket. So it's uh, Ray. Ray made us all look good, or Michael Red, whoever was receiving the catch and and, and making the three. But uh, you got to It takes a lot of skill to be able to make that pass. <laughs> From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you catch up on some old games, sometimes you just need what you need to be delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery deliveries and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs. I didn't even have to worry about where to go to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code locked on NBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. One question I always ask someone that's been in this situation, and you mentioned that you went to Detroit, you were able to win the championship with that uh, team that beat the Lakers. Uh, I always ask people that, where, where do you keep the ring? Do you know where the ring is? Yeah, it's, it's, it's locked away. It's something you don't bring out. You don't like. It's so long. It feels like so long ago, <laughs> but it's something that you cherish. And even beyond the ring, is just a small token of uh, just what you were able to do. But the real thing is the brotherhood, man. When you make history like that as a group, um, it, it's 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 something that lasts a light, lifetime. I still talk to my teammates from that Detroit, that two thousand and four Detroit team. Uh, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, myself, we just took a trip to China last summer to do some camps for some kids, some clinics, uh, something that uh, Ben had put together with some different business people. And uh, so it's it's great to still have that bond every time I see Tayshawn or Chauncey or Rip Hamilton, whoever on that team, uh, Mike Zanes, all of those guys, you know, it's just nothing but fond memories. Corliss Williamson, I just talked to him, you know, about three weeks ago, just checking in with him. Uh, we all still talk, so that's the beautiful thing that you get from those those runs. This, this is, is you become family. You become you know locked in through history with what you were able to come together and do. So I want to ask you about the D League slash G League because you were a player and coach with the Albuquerque Thunderbirds. And uh, when I see the G League now and I get a chance to go to a game or or even just speak to you guys about uh, the relationship you have now with the Wisconsin Herd and obviously Chase Buford down there, Coach Brady last year, it's been a remarkable uh, transformation for this league as to uh, become a, a legitimate place where guys are happy to go down there. I remember speaking with Dragon Bender earlier this season and, and he was so thankful for the opportunity to be able to play uh, when he wouldn't have been uh, doing so in, in previous years. I mean, how have you seen uh, this this transformation of the league? How valuable is it for you guys? And then, uh, I guess, what memories do you have of of it being uh, in not so such a not such a great place back back in those days? Well, I think it's 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 very much needed. It's proven its worth and its value, um, but just by the development process that 
you allow your young players to go through getting real game minutes and game actions. And, you know, most times, you know, in today's era, the G League is a direct extension of the total system and what you run with your parent club. So not only are they getting game reps, you know, they're actually functioning within the system. So if they would were to get, you know, called back up to the parent team or whatever the case may have you on the, whether it's a two, a two way situation or whatever, you can plug them right back into uh, the machine and, you know, they'll run seamlessly because they're already familiar with what you're doing. Um, back when I was in it, you know, you didn't have as many, uh, one-to-one affiliation so to speak like you didn't have that direct connect to uh an NBA club you know it was I think it was 17 teams active when I played I mean excuse me when I coached down there and uh I think now it's almost 30 for 30 um and back then you know you had different teams that would you know use you as an affiliate and send different teams uh send different players down to uh just again to get game reps and and, and to play, get give those guys a chance to play and 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 get into a rhythm and understand, you know, what it takes to be able to not only make it at the level but to have success at at, at the NBA level. So it it was uh it was some invaluable experience um, from a coaching standpoint. Um, just everything I've learned from breaking down film with my team, you know, preparing and shoot arounds. Uh, doing a pregame board, you know, really learning how to stay on message both offensively and defensively with whatever you wanted to get done out there. And then just the opportunity to experiment with different things within the practice, within the shoot around, within the game. Uh, so it, it, it was great. I had a great time and I totally give the credit to that experience and to be able to get to this level and, and have the type of success that I've been able to have with some great coaches, you know, that I've been able to work with and Mike Brown, Mike D'Antoni, and now Coach Bud, who I think is, is an incredible, incredible basketball mind, a great coach. So you, you mentioned great coaches. Bud is obviously the reigning coach of the year in, in the NBA. Uh, you've been with him for a long time, or, or certainly multiple years now from Atlanta and now up in uh, Milwaukee. How would you describe your relationship with Bud, and and what would you how would you describe him as a coach if if you had to put it into a few words? Well, you know, it's it's as a coach, I think he uh, he 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 has the perfect balance. You know, you hear this term being used. Well, is he a defensive coach or if he's an offensive guy? You know, I think Bud is is a three hundred and sixty degree coach, as I like to describe it. Uh, he's he's uh, proficient on both sides of the ball. Um, and the thing I love about him is this his consistency. Um, he keeps things uh, – he allows for guys to improvise within, you know, an organized system, meaning that we can put forth a system and it's not so intricate and detailed where guys are thinking more than they're playing. You know, we have our running habits and the way we like to space out and play on offense and things we're looking to get out of different actions and based on ball and body movement. And defensively, we we run a fairly simple plan and allow our guys to use their athleticism and their activity. We preach more so, you know, just energy, activity, multiple efforts, as opposed to, okay, if it's a pick and roll on this side, we got to use this coverage. If it's a pick and roll in the middle of the floor, we got to use this coverage. So, again, 
not having our guys, you know, be paralyzed through over analysis, just allowing them to understand it's a simple plan. And uh, they're able to go out and, 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 and just play off a of field, play just off gen- genuine, uh, just, just reps with, with, just genuine reps with, with, you know, their, their abilities and not so much thinking where they have to be, where they should be going, but just to get out there know what they're doing. And then they can be confident just to explore their athletic talent. So I think he's great in that way. And, um, far as he, he and I's relationship, I mean, I've been with him since day one, since he first became head coach in Atlanta. And it's a relationship that's evolved and grown. And I, I have a deep love and affection for him. You know, I consider him a brother and, you know, we on and off the court, we have a great time. We never hesitate to argue with one another about strategy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's that's great when you can, you know, be real and be genuine with people. That lets you know you have a really, really strong relationship. And, uh, you know, I, I love him to death and I appreciate him giving me the opportunity to learn from him and to allow me to you know, bring different things to the table within what we're doing as a team and what we want to get done as a staff. Uh, and he allows you to have a voice. And uh, it's been great. It's, it's been a blessing. And we've been able to win in, 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 in the meantime. So it's, it's, it, it, it's all come together in a perfect way. So uh, what's, your, what's your winning percentage in debates with Bud? Is that, is that a battle you can possibly win? Uh, uh, he, he, I think I've won probably a handful. <laughs> <laughs> but he, hey. he, it's, it's always a fixed fight because he'll, <laughs> he'll come in and he'll bring up something like it's right on the fly and then he breaks out the film. He'll have film and clips and all of this okay. to try to emphasize his point or his argument stance. So it's, he doesn't fight fair all the time. <laughs> okay okay i hey i was i was curious though because you know you you do come from atlanta to milwaukee and there was uh, a bunch of your assistant coaches that did the same he brought uh, largely the same staff uh, when he was you know getting the job here in milwaukee and obviously he took the role did, did you know that the whole time that, that you might follow with him was that conversations we ha- you had with him or how did that all play out yeah you know the biggest thing for me was to make sure he was okay making that transition and you know, that he was in a good space both mentally and, and, and physically and just, just his overall outlook on, you know, where did we want to go next. Now, obviously, he was my first and top choice uh, to, if I could stay with him, you know, because those things are kind of tricky at times. But uh, normally, you know, most times you don't get to bring everybody with you to a new place and, you know, Coaches, they, 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 they like to have people with them that knows how they work, that understands what's needed. And there's a corporate knowledge element to it where you don't have to bring the coaching staff up to speed in order to go to the court and now deliver the right message to the players. So uh, for us to be able to be together, it made it that much easier because we could put all of our focus on uh, just coaching our team and letting them know in a new environment how we want to, how we want to play on both sides of the ball. And, you know, he's a great guy to work with. Um, so we have a lot of fun. We work hard. We enjoy ourselves. You know, we have great staff dinners, great team dinners. Um, so it, and all of our families know each other. So it, it's, it, it was in our best interest if we could make it happen to all stay together. And we were able to do that. So Taylor Jenkins was one guy that did move on last year. He got the opportunity to go to Memphis. And uh, I mean, the Grizzlies to this point have an incredible season. They were, they're in a position to, to make the, the postseason. Uh, how have you enjoyed seeing his progress this year? Do you still talk to him? I- one job that Taylor Jenkins had was uh, that everyone 
uh, sort of made the joke about. He was he was the protector of the players. He keeps the players off the court. Uh, did you guys have as much fun with that uh, as everyone else did when there were some of those times where no player was moving anywhere, no one was moving, and, and Taylor was uh, getting the arms up, making sure no one jumped on the court during uh, whatever altercation was, was going on at the time? Absolutely. Taylor is like <laughs> a little brother to me, man, and I, I, can't be, I couldn't be more proud of the job he's been able to do. I'm not surprised in the least bit. He's a guy that's totally, completely prepared, um, organized and uh we, we he helped us build this program that you know obviously bud is the leader he he, he assigns us duties and you know he's going to get the credit but you know he's humble and, and acknowledging the entire staff and what we brought to the table and taylor was right at the top of that and i mean it, it's 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 no surprise again that he, he's been able to do what he's done in memphis and you know i just actually spoke to him for about a half an hour we facetimed yesterday so <laughs> Was uh, he's doing great? His family's healthy. You know, he's helping out. He has uh, a couple of young kids that he's chasing around the house. So <laughs> he's doing he's doing really good. But uh, yeah, we 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 teased him a bit. You know, <laughs> I think it was in Detroit where he jumped yeah. up and got into a defensive stand stance, and and no one moved off the bench. No one even stood up. So that made it even more funny. <laughs> but uh, nah, man, we 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 always would watch in film sessions. We. Obviously, we're looking at, you know, watching the game and, and, and trying to do correction via film um, in order to prepare to present to the players. But we would always catch little different activities going on with the guys in suits, you know, our coaching staff. <laughs> Someone might get excited, jump up and down on a big dunk or three, or we're laughing and joking about something and we catch it on tape. So we, 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 we're a fun staff like that, man. We have a really – good group of coaches and some really outstanding young coaches and Taylor he epitomizes all of that he epitomizes everything that we stand for so it's good to see him carry that to another location and have you know have see him having some huge success uh with a team that no one expected to do anything this year hey so I've only got a couple more here and and I I had to ask you about Giannis and and Chris in particular I mean you guys so far to this point uh, 53 and 12 uh, best record in the NBA coming off you know, the incredible season you had last year obviously fell short, but those two in particular, talk about Chris being first-time All-Star, Giannis winning the MVP, they've both gone to another level again. I mean, what do you see from these guys on a daily basis, from their work rate, their drive, their competitiveness to get better? Because, uh, you know, sometimes you see players get to that point and, and it doesn't go that way. And, you know, Chris in particular obviously had the huge deal over the summer, but both guys uh, have improved greatly uh, yet again. Yeah, I would, I would, I would cite two words: hunger and humility. Just, just their hunger uh, coming off of last year. You know, with a new coaching staff, the way they bought in, it seemed like just immediately they bought into everything that we were doing, um, and and it showed on the court. And to go through the run we had uh, through the first two rounds, and then get to Toronto and, and go through some adversity. I think uh, the way they responded going into the summer, um, knowing that we were just we were so close that it was a reality, and pretty much the whole team was coming back. You know, stuck to lose Malcolm, but that's you know the business part of the, of the game that you know few of us, very few of us, <laughs> have control over. But uh, we were able to you know keep guys that that were huge parts of our success last year, as well as bringing some new guys and. Wesley Matthews and Robin Lopez and now Marvin Williams. And, you know, just to see their hunger in them individually, their hunger that 
that kind of permeates through the rest of the group because they see how hard they work, um, how hard they work on their bodies, how hard they work on their games. And for Giannis, is just even expanding his game even more to dominate the game on both sides of the ball. And I think he's done a, a fabulous job of doing that. And Chris, going in the summer, you know, determined to work on his body, come back stronger, come back more efficient. And he's done that as well. And then the humility part is how they share with their teammates. Um, both of those guys are great teammates. They care about the group that's around them. They care about the coaches. They're very respectful. They allow themselves to be coached. Um, they, they, they communicate great. Uh, so it's, it's great, you know, and it, they're just another, you know, couple of reasons why we, we, we are where we are as it stands right now. So we'll finish with a fun one here. Now, you were uh, – you could describe the way you played in, in many ways, but you were a dunking machine. I think that is the, the best way to put it. You're in the, you won the Final Four dunk contest. You're in the 97 NBA dunk contest, and you shattered the damn backboard. So I, I need to get the full review from Pat Connaughton's performance of the dunk contest at All-Star Weekend. It was it, – from what I saw <laughs> – <laughs> He was up against a lot, man. <laughs> Aaron Gordon and 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 the Jones kid, man. Oh my God, it it, it was uh, it, it was it, it was a hard hill to climb. <laughs> and so, but I thought he represented as well as well as he could. And a couple of dunks, I thought he, you know, they just didn't understand the degree of difficulty. You know, those judges can be a little unrealistic with the way they judge certain dunks. But uh, I think everybody is jumping over people. Everybody is putting the ball through their legs, doing some amazing dunks. And he had one where he jumped over somebody and touched it off the backboard and then dunked it with two hands. That is an extremely difficult dunk. And I, I think I saw a couple of eights or nines over there. I'm like, dude, this is a tough crowd. Like, <laughs> But uh, Pat Pat is, is, is a joy to be around, a joy to coach. And, Probably one of our better – I mean, we have a ton of them, though. You, right at the top of the list in terms of pound-for-pound pound athlete, best athlete on the team. Obviously, you got to look at Giannis and Eric Bledsoe and, and you look at Pat and what he's able to do. And it's and even Brooke at his size, some of the stuff he does, his agility and his athleticism. But Pat, man, he, he's, uh, he's been a great leader in our locker room. He's, he's been a great joy to coach. Um, just his energy is always awesome. So – it sucked that he didn't get the trophy, but I thought he represented as well, as best as, as he could. Do you still enjoy the dunk contest? I know there's a lot of people out there that suggest that maybe it's, it's run its course or it needs to break or they need to, I don't know, do something different with it. I mean, is it still enjoyable for you to see, to see that, given, you know, obviously you, you were there, you've been there before? Absolutely. I, I, I think uh, it allows guys, I think it's the highlight of All-Star Weekend, aside from the game. I think three-point shooting contest now with the way the three ball has been emphasized with every team in the NBA, I think that's a highlight. But the dunk contest, you know, to see some of the acrobatic feats that these guys are able to execute is, is still mind-boggling. Like I said, you got guys jumping over people, got guys – doing 360s and putting the ball between their legs and windmilling dunks. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, light years ahead of where we were back in 97 when I was in that dunk contest. But uh, no, nah, I, I still enjoy it. I, I mean, you, you know, it, it, and it depends on the field, the field of dunkers who, who, who are going to be out there competing for that trophy. Uh, sometimes you may have a down year or so, but, you know, you can rewind back a couple of years when it was Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. They really just 
it, it just took it to a whole different level. And then this year, I thought it was a really good showing, and 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 guys did some phenomenal dunks. So yeah, it's something I still enjoy. Hey, Darwin, we really appreciate you jumping on. We'll, we can wrap it up here. I know uh, it's Saturday night over there, and you took some time to to chat with me. So I really appreciate that. Uh, we hope that basketball is back soon and we see Giannis and Chris and all the guys back on the floor. But in the meantime, uh, stay safe. Uh, I know you mentioned your mum's home now, but uh, thoughts are with her, thoughts are with your family and, and stay safe over there. And thanks for taking the time. Thanks a lot, Kane. And same to you, my friend. Stay safe.